chilly the leaves are falling and we're inside recording a podcast yeah instead of on the couch watching a wonderful bad movie i mean i after this bad movie maybe we should be done for maybe we should just quit we should, this is a good <laughs> movie to quit our, on yeah our retirement starts now uh nope because <laughs> you told me i have to stick to this for a year <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, well, I mean, you did say that. I did. I like doing this. So (laughs) we'll see if it happens longer than that. But, you know, Halloween's next week and we still have like so many movies to watch. I know. But you're probably listening to this after Halloween. Sorry. But this isn't really a Halloween movie that we're going to talk about today. So let's jump into that. Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them the credit that they rightfully deserve, except for this one. I am Nigel from ajourneyintofilm.com, and with me is my wife, Caitlin. Hello. And we are talking about Journey to the Center of the Earth, the 1988 film directed by Rusty Lemiranda and... Albert Pion, uncredited. Starring Nicola Cowper, Elon Mitchell Smith, Paul Carafotes, and for some reason they credit Kathy Ireland, but I mean, yeah. she wasn't really in this. No. <sighs> this Where? is a pseudo sequel to last week's movie. Alien from L.A. You have to be stretching if you think this is a sequel. It's not a direct sequel. Not even close. So that was something that I kind of liked about it, is that it didn't follow Wanda Sacknewson again. Like, any sequel would be like, oh, Wanda, you got to go back to the center of the earth. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a thing that's happening. Yes. But this movie was like, what if there are other people who stumble on Atlantis in the center of the earth? Mm -hmm. Which I feel like would have been a very interesting trilogy of movies if they (laughs) had set out to make more than one Atlantis center of the earth movie intentionally. Yes. Here's some background for this one. The director, Rusty Lemiranda, Lemirand, I don't know. I just want to say lemonade. It looks like lemonade. <laughs> Rusty lemonade. Rusty Ew. lemonade. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> he started directing 
a loose adaptation of Journey to the Center of the Earth in 1986 with a group of teenagers. I feel like he had seen Goonies in 1985 and said, oh, I could do that cheaper and it'll be awesome. Because this movie, like Alien from L.A., was produced by the Canon Group, which is notorious for making cheap movies. And despite what the internet says, this movie did not fall apart because of them filing for bankruptcy because that didn't happen until after this movie (laughs) was released. Maybe we'll talk in more detail about Canon in a future podcast. I don't know enough about them off the top of my head right now to go into it. But I also don't know how many more Canon movies we're going to talk about because this one... These past two were... They ruined it. Rough. So it's 1986. Our good buddy Rusty Lemonade is Mm -hmm. directing this movie. He shoots about half of the movie and due to difficulties outside of his control, of which we don't know, this is where people speculate that the bankruptcy had a lot to do with it, the movie is shelved. They don't finish filming... It's just, they're like, we're done. Mm -hmm. You shot half the movie. Sorry. Go home. Then Alien from LA comes out, and they say to Albert Payan, hey, we've got half of this movie filmed. Why don't you finish it for us? And so Albert took the cast, took some leftover sets from Alien from LA, took some leftover scenes, and cobbled together this movie. That's a good way to say it. Cobbled together. uh, Yeah. So, I mean, it's not... (laughs) Here's the thing that's interesting about this movie is it's not unusual for a movie to get filmed or mostly filmed Uh and then be shelved and then released several years later. Geostorm was one such movie. Geostorm. Uh, uh, Cabin in the Woods was another such movie. Although I think Cabin in the Woods was pretty much just finished. It just didn't have a distributor. Um, the, yeah, there's a couple different, it's not uncommon. Um, it's also not uncommon for studios to decide to take stories in a different direction after test audiences see it, uh, after executives view it and then go and do reshoots and stuff. So this movie is just a perfect example of how to not do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you might think that there are other movies that don't do it as well. I would agree with you, but we're not talking about those movies on here. Uh, A good example of a movie that changed in post-production, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Originally, all the characters were supposed to live, and uh, then they said, oh, wait a minute, they're dead in the sequels. Let's, we should kill them off. (laughs) And now they're making a TV show based on one of the characters. So that makes sense. Good job, Disney. Right. Now that you know that information, Caitlin, Mm what did you like about this movie? Do I have to pick something? Uh, I mean, preferably, hopefully. I mean, let's start a dialogue. Let's talk about it. I didn't like anything about this movie. I, I truthfully can't think of anything that I thought they did well 
The acting was horrible. The story didn't make sense. I literally didn't know what was going on like 90% of the time. Yeah. So this movie is like 60% kids walking around in a cave uh-huh. talking about how they can't find their way out when there's very clearly a cave opening providing light for the scene. Through the whole movie, too. It was They were never in the dark. It, well, yeah. But I'm just talking specifically in the cave. No, I mean, well, yeah, the whole time. I guess I'm saying the whole time they were in the cave. Right, 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 right. Some of these reviews... People really like to compare these movies to poop. Remember last week I read? Yeah. This one? You know, that's a really good way to uh, compare a movie because, (laughs) uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't, I've never pooped and produced a movie. (laughs) So good comparison. Solid. A cinematic turd set in the bowels of the earth. Yeah. (laughs) I thought there were, I think that if they had finished Journey to the Center of the Earth, it mm-hmm. would have been a really interesting Goonies ripoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I mean, yeah, very different. Like there's clearly no map. Well, I guess they had a map, but it wasn't like they were looking for buried treasure. Right. The reason that they go further into the cave is nonsense. But I, I mean, okay, I guess you do what you can. They were looking for the sister, right? No, because they told the sister to stay out. I actually, I no, don't. No, the 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 sister ran through one of the little holes in the cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they found out. her. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's why they went further in though. Yeah, but then why did they continue to go further in and tell her to far. wait for help? I don't. No, 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 no. This is what happened. See, were you paying attention? Yeah, I was paying attention. Okay, so this is what <laughs> this is what happened. So they go in to find the sister, and that's when the volcano erupts, and they put they they put the sister up on the ledge so she can get out, and they oh, get oh that's right the yeah. rock falls, and then yeah. they're like oh no we're stuck right right yeah see yeah makes total sense yeah I liked the dog. That was a cool thing. The dog was the only good part of that whole movie. Yeah. And that poor dog had to be in that film. Yeah. That dog was very well behaved for being in this movie. (laughs) I Uh, still don't understand why the dog was there, but... Well, because she was a nanny to the dog. Also don't understand that. Yeah. Why was the rock star not concerned about his dog? Yeah. The, um... The motivations to set the story into motion are flimsy at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, really the only thing I liked about it was the idea that there could be multiple like Atlantis stories out there with like different characters. Mm-hmm. And I did think it was kind of interesting that you see kind of like the start of a of like an Atlanta story in Alien from L.A. where they were talking about invading the surface world. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, like, you kind of see their plan coming together. So, like, the third one could have been, oh, the plan is coming to fruition, and now we got this climactic battle between Atlantis and Earth. Mm-hmm. And then 
Atlantis is like, oh, no, there's not as many of us as there are people <laughs> who live outside of the Earth. What should we do? What? Yeah, what should we do? Also, their plan was to just make more Wanda's. I didn't really understand that. Did you? No, not at all. I that I was so lost when they just pulled like were all of those just pr- scenes they didn't use from the first one? Because like none as good of it made sense. I was like, what? I don't even know what's happening. I mean, I'm assuming that anything with the three kids, or right. I mean, eventually the two kids were shot later, mm-hmm. but there weren't. But they were, I would say that they were in most of the scenes from in the Atlantis area. Mm-hmm. The one scene, the the news guy, the uh, propaganda announcer, that was definitely pulled from the end credits of Alien from L.A., which was hilarious. <laughs> that movie was just so bad. I'm just thinking about all the ridiculous stuff that happened. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to think of something that I liked, though. Um, you stole mine when you actually. Okay, here's something I liked: the nanny nine one one setup they had. Oh, the nannies are us. Yes, Ooh. nannies are us. That was hilarious. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, is that like a real thing in England? I have no idea. Can you just call I up doubt people it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll have a nanny out there soon. But then also, do they send nannies international like they did with uh, <laughs> Christina? Because that is, I mean, that just doesn't seem safe mm-hmm. or ethical. And also, if they don't, doesn't it take like a long time to put to get a visa? Don't I mean, you have to start that in advance? Do you think that like they require all of their workers to have them on hand in case they need to be sent somewhere? But she said that her visa was on its way Oh, when she was there. Then I have no idea. <laughs> if somebody knows how visas work, <laughs> tell us. I, I mean, I guess it really won't affect us too much after this podcast. So maybe don't tell us. Maybe we're just ignorant. Maybe everyone knows how visas work except us. I, I mean, I'm sure there are. It dozens of people out there. <laughs> I liked uh, the kid who played Brian, Elon Mike Mitchell Smith. He is most famous for being in Weird Science. He was one of the two boys. I did not enjoy him. You didn't? No. He was pretty much the only kid that I didn't get annoyed with. I didn't like any of them. Okay. Nope. The older brother was in Fight Club. Oh, really? Yeah, he was credited as winking bartender. Uh, all right. Paul Carafotes. Carafotes. Something like that. Can we talk about how we're introduced to all the characters? I think that's necessary. I did want to bring up the siblings it, specifically. But, I mean, I guess we can talk about how Christina's introduced. So she's nannying for a family and we see her exiting the home. Basically, she was fired because she broke something of theirs. But really, it was the kid. And she was like, your kid is demonic. Yeah. And Not really something that I would say as a nanny in general. But she also seemed really bad at it. Yes. How about when the la- the one nanny lady 
the head nanny, mm-hmm. she said, what would you do if you weren't doing this? <laughs> and she said, I don't know, teach karate. Right. And then the rock star said that he would also teach karate. Yeah. Definitely thought there was going to be some romance there. No, we never see him again. Yeah, we never see him again. Uh, he didn't care about his dog. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that would be asking the movie to be too coherent. <laughs> I didn't understand why that was everyone's answer in the movie either. (laughs) There are times when this movie, it feels like it wants to be funny, Mm -hmm. but in a way that doesn't understand comedy, (laughs) America, the, the, uh, rusty lemonade. He (laughs) was Israeli American. I don't know at what point he, emigrated or if he was born here or I mean I'm not going to make any speculations but I just uh, when when this is just a fact when foreign individuals try to make movies that feel American Mm -hmm. like the Italians most famously did during the 60s 70s and 80s it feels off it does it feels off it's like oh uh, this is mostly familiar and then they say something like oh that 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 doesn't seem right Mm -hmm. but like you can't really but it's like not wrong either it's just like oh that's just a little off yeah Mm -hmm. the movie troll 2 is a perfect example of that uh an italian director who thinks he knows that you know young young girls in the 80s love to dance in front of mirrors and (laughs) so Do you want to try to describe how we are introduced to the siblings? Well, we're introduced to the two younger siblings as they're watching television and fighting over what channel to watch while the middle child takes the youngest child and decides to hold her out like what? Like a 12-story building window? And she they is are very high up, significantly out of this window, and the older sibling comes in and breaks them up. Yeah, and you're like, "Wow, they all hate each other." And at first, you think, "Oh, this is just typical like siblings, you know, doing their thing." Mm-hmm. And like, it seems genuinely angry, but then it seems playful. But then it goes too far when she yeah. goes out the window. Yeah. And then, like, the older brother acts like a jerk to them. But then he leaves, and the two younger kids hide in his the back of his Jeep, and they're all happy whatevers. Mm-hmm. It did not... Honestly, it seemed kind of abusive. Yes, definitely. Like, oh, I love you guys. Oh, I hate you guys. Oh, we love each other. <laughs> oh, we totes hate each other yeah no one seemed to genuinely care about each other i mean even the parents kind of weren't great parents because their children were just off having adventures and they had no idea yeah the parents were like oh hello children be back later we're gonna have dinner together yeah it was they were they did not care where they were going no they did not care what they were up to or who they would be with uh none of it Mm mm-mm And then through a bizarre set of events that I can't believe I'm actually about to detail, (laughs) 
the nanny gets involved with them. Yeah. Would you go after like a basket that was just full of like dog treats? I think if it was like my first day and I was I wanted to be impressive at the job and I was afraid of like where that level of being fired would be, definitely. See, I would just go buy another basket with dog treats. No, I don't I wouldn't risk that. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like it'd be my duty to make sure that the the dog treats like didn't go anywhere. I am not that dedicated to any job. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm dedicated to the job <laughs> either, but if I was like if I knew that I was like, you know, on my last uh nanny call. Yeah, if I if I knew that, like this was my last chance to mm-hmm. like continue my dr- lifelong dream of being a nanny. Yeah, that's what she says. Which is odd. Do people actually have lifelong dreams of being nannies? That just seems like something you fall into. Yeah. Or like I guess you like kids mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, I can't have kids yet or I already had kids." Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like the in-between stage. Right. Right. It doesn't seem like something you make a career out of right away. Right. Yeah. I mean, I loved being a nanny when I was a nanny. One of my favorite jobs of all time. But I definitely wouldn't want to do it as a career. Yeah, that just... Uh, I mean, look, maybe there there are probably people out there There's who just be. dream of being nannies. Yeah. You know, some kids, they uh, dream of being astronauts and others are firefighters. Some kids want to be the Pope, and then you have kids that want to be nannies. Yeah. And I, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, of course not. But it's just hard to imagine that there are those people out there. Right. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so she is. So Christina's watching this dog for this rock star who is on a comeback tour, even though he was a rising star eight months prior. So his career went. Downhill fast. I mean, uh, barely uphill and then <laughs> downhill very quickly and yes. very far. Yes. She's wa- she's nannying this dog for him who makes her carry it around in a bassinet. Because he's not allowed to have dogs at the hotel. Which, I mean, if you're a rock star, I feel like you just do what you want. But well, okay. he's not a famous enough rock star for that. So when the dog's basket of treats gets put into the back of the jeep she pays a taxi to follow them and then because she's british and stupid she uh doesn't tell the taxi to keep the meter running while she fetches the biscuits and that taxi zooms off oh yeah he's like i don't want to be here anymore which like did she pay him then and then if you do pay your taxi driver wouldn't you say i still need you I, I don't know. I do taxis in Britain just stay there? Right. Like you're they're like, you okay, just wait for the yeah. next person to come along. Or do they just drive where the people I don't know. There are a lot of questions I have about other cultures in this, but not necessarily for any good reason to have questions <laughs> other than this movie made some choices. Right. And it made me have questions. I never would care about these things, and now I do. I need to know. Yeah. How does the British taxi system work? Why do nannies wear weird gloves? Yeah, that was another weird thing. Like, if she wore, like, full gloves, 
great, makes sense. But mm-hmm. these were like fishnet gloves, right? Which seemed like a very punk thing to do, right? And I don't know if that was like her way of maintaining her individuality in the face of a a nanny system that enforced conformity. I think they wanted her to look like Madonna. She definitely had a bit some Madonna vibes going on. Yeah. So I think I think that was just kind of their plan. We want to make her a Madonna American. Yeah. Goonie said Cindy Lauper Journey to the Center of the Earth has fake Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> so they're in the cave. Mm-hmm. They're wandering around. They're lost because the dog and the little girl go running in there. Let's talk about some weird things that happen in the cave. Okay. I, I realize that for this episode, we're kind of going back back in time in terms of format. But there are a lot of things to talk about you have in to, this movie. Yeah. And you almost have to talk about them in, in order. Right. They're in the cave. They decide nap time. Right. I know. Like, if I'm lost in a cave, even if I was tired, I think I would push through. First of all, I would... Probably not continue to go further into the cave. Right. Turn around. Or just stay in one place because that's what emergency people tell you to do. Yeah, but I don't trust them. So I think they were right and keep moving. Mm, I mean, they did get out. Right. Well, I mean, the older brother, uh, Richard, got out, but uh, that just seemed to be a happenstance. Yeah, that was weird. It was very abrupt. And then we yeah. never see him again. No. And what happened to the other two? What do you mean with uh, the other two? They're just stuck down there? No, no, no. They got out. That was the All little three clip of them? Everybody got out. I only saw the, the oldest one get out, though. That's why well, I was confused. Okay. So the oldest one, he got out because the daughter got the rescue team and his parents. But then Christina and Brian continued further into the cave and that's when they fell down the slide to atlantis right which i thought was also a weird choice like why the two of them scheduling (laughs) they were the only two that had availability they they had like a romance between the older brother and um the madonna knockoff yeah and that was so like you would think those two should get trapped in atlantis together yeah but then Okay, hold on. We'll okay, get there I'm in a sorry. second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, because part of it is something I want to talk about, and then part of it's something else that we can talk about. Okay. So while they're doing their nap time, they Richard has or Brian has a dream of saving them from these weird giant mouth sword fighting creatures. Also, Emo Phillips is there. Why? I don't know. He doesn't have any lines. He's just there. Just there. And Christina has this dream that involves a romance with her and Richard. That That's it. That's the dream. That was when they were all, yeah, sleeping in the... Yeah. Um, why... Why do you think they had those dreams? <laughs> well, here's what I... I, I uh, from a character standpoint, I don't know. From a practical standpoint, they had the footage and they needed to pad out the runtime. But wh- why did they film that? 
Well, I think. Well, I mean, you know, they they never film movies in order. I mean, well, it's very rare for them to film right. movies in chronological order. So it's probably like uh, Rusty shot the first part of the movie and then some later scenes. Um, Albert probably filmed some of the other scenes of them in the cave and then they cobbled it together. But Emu Phillips wasn't in any part of the movie. No. So how did he just show up? Uh, that had to be planned. It's not like he was just, what, you just walk on set one day and they're like, hey, can we just shoot a scene with you? Well, no, no, no. I mean, they planned on him being a character in the movie, but, but that was wasn't. probably the only scene that they shot with him, as far as we know. I mean, or maybe they didn't need the other scenes. But so I guess, I mean, it made sense for Brian to have this dream of being like a swashbuckling adventure. Or, but. Uh, I mean, why was he dreaming about an extra person being there? I don't know. This movie is hurting my brain. Why? Where Where did the inspiration for these giant mouthed monsters come from? I don't know. Also, uh, yeah, in some posters, the giant mouthed monsters are on the f- cover as if they're like significant to but they the plot of the movie. <laughs> What is happening? Well, okay, and then to talk about other creatures that are in the movie, the little girl, there's like that little furry thing sitting by yeah. her, and you don't know what that is. And it was not addressed. And they never addressed it. They never look at it. No. Well, like... they like look at it, but they don't, they're like, what is that? No. You don't know what it is? No. They don't address it? No. It's on the cover of the movie? I don't. I feel like this movie is just literally like random scenes put together. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you want to like push out a movie as quickly as you can. Oh my gosh. It makes no sense. No, it doesn't. This movie hurts my brain. And then they get to Atlantis and you think, oh, now things will make sense. And it doesn't. It's just the Atlanteans have this plan to like capture their women, turn them into Wanda Sacknewson replicas because in their mind or in the government's mind, that's what aliens look like. Even though they have, why would they want to turn her into a Wanda Sacknewson though? Because they were going to infiltrate the earth. And they thought they all had to look the same. Yeah. Despite having experience with Wanda's father. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So then Christina, like, through the power of storytelling, changes their mind about the surface world. And Brian, through the power of rock and roll, (laughs) saves the day, question mark. It freeze frames. And then next (laughs) thing we know. The movie's over. The movie's over. Praise the Lord. The movie is over. Um. What was the girl's name that he hooks he gets together with in the end? That was uh um I put no time into memorizing character names because I said this is a stupid movie. I was so angry why we watched this movie. Yeah, I mean you were excited for it yes. and then you instantly anger. Yeah. Anger. <laughs> oh, what is that character's name? Uh, oh goodness! I'll recognize it when I see it. 
I but it's not coming up. All right, while you're looking for that, can we get shirts made that says uh, this movie is hurting my brain? Well, I mean, turn it into a a, regu- a reoccurring joke All right, and I'm we'll going make to. it happen. I'm doing it. Starting now. Okie dokie. <laughs> I I literally don't know. I can't find Okay, just cut all this out. <laughs> it, no, well, the girl that looks like Helena Bonham Carter. I know, but I don't. I don't to. know who that is. Yeah, I don't remember her name either. But she is in this this one, right? Great, and she starts some kind of weird romance with uh, with uh, Brian because they didn't have the older boy anymore. So yeah, but then. Christina gets together with one of the guard people, Tola, I think is his yeah, name. Yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. Who's also whose hair starts changing because of her power of storytelling. I want to say her name was like Sludge or Slurch or something. I don't know. That's I don't I don't know. And then you get uh, Kathy Ireland is credited in this movie, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Great, we're gonna get some more Kathy Ireland action." She no, shows up. Jokes on you. Literally for half of a second, as a smiling face on a TV screen. Which means they probably just took it from the last movie. No, she looked very different. You in think that so? Shot. Yeah, I think, I think whatever she was in the process of working on, they were just like, "Can you just smile for like ten seconds?" Oh boy! And then they cut that in there. And also, I guess they agree to have ambassadors between Atlantis and the surface world. And Christina marries the guy. And then all because of rock and roll. (laughs) Do you think he goes to the surface world? Who? The guy that Christina marries. Yeah, they're ambassadors to the surface. They're ambassadors from Atlantis to the surface world. So and Wanda is the ambassador from the surface world to Atlantis. Oh. So or something, li- or maybe vice versa. I don't know. I couldn't follow anything that happened in Atlantis. Yeah, because it, it uh, honestly, it made less sense than the dream sequence in yes. the cave and the cave as a whole. I think they were literally just like, let's just shoot a whole bunch of scenes and we'll put something together and have a story. I, I, it Probably. I mean, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. The original director, Rusty, said that he only uh, only about eight minutes of what he shot was in the movie. Poor guy. Um, he, specifically the first eight minutes. Um which I'm going to be honest, Rusty, they weren't great eight minutes. No. Um, yeah. And Albert Pion, like I said at the beginning, he goes uncredited for this. I hope that through describing specific bits of the story, you get an idea of what we liked and didn't like about <laughs> the movie. Um. The acting was not great. No. The story was was hard to follow. Confusing. And very clearly cobbled together. I will say, I guess 
if you are curious about the mechanics of storytelling and movie making, this is a great movie to watch to understand how to not put together a story if you have leftover clips. Right. It is doable, and people do it, as I said earlier, but this movie did not do a good job of it. No. Not at all. Yeah. I would love to see Rusty's full vision of this film. I would also. Unfortunately, he only directed one other movie, an adaptation of The Turn of the Screw, which I don't think was viewed favorably either. Um, starring Patty Kenseth and Julian Sands. Um, so... Well, that is sad for him. Yeah. Rusty, his big uh, his big uh, claim to fame was being a producer for a lot of things. Which was like seven things. So, <laughs> you know. Um, specifically Yentl. He was one of the producers mm-hmm. on Barbara Streisand and uh, a movie called Electric Dreams. So, uh, you know, I, the, the unfortunate thing is there are people who are, who work on movies who are very good at some jobs and not good at others. Mm -hmm. Some people are meant to be producers. Some people are meant to be writers and some are meant to be directors and, uh, Rusty, I am sorry, but this just didn't work out for you. No. So on that sour note, let's hop over to Caitlin's dating (laughs) corner. Okay, here's my dating advice. Do not fall in love with people you meet underground. I I, I don't think anything needs to be added to that. If someone from (laughs) underground introduces themselves to you. Don't fall in love with them. Run. First of all, they are probably the living dead (laughs) and or a vampire. That's right. Um, or a mole man or I mean you don't know like who lives underground crazy people right don't fall in love with people you're stuck in a cave with that's a good one too however if you were to be stuck in a cave and you could have two other people there with you who would you pick I feel like I'm going to get a lot of judgment if one of them isn't you, <laughs> but I would actually almost rather w- like wish that you weren't stuck in the cave with me because yeah. then I would know that you were safe. Right. And that would be my priority. All right. James Franco. <laughs> and David Lynch. Oh, that would be fun. James Franco, because he was in that movie 127 Hours, which I know is a very different situation, (laughs) but I feel like he would provide a lot of interesting insight about survival, whether he actually knew it or not. Right. And David Lynch, I just feel like, would be an interesting person in any situation. So Mm -hmm. there we go. Those are some good ones. I was trying to think of like people I knew that were like 
um, very athletic or a minor, Mm -hmm. but I don't know anyone like that. (laughs) And I don't know sports people's names to name people. (laughs) Okay. Um, Because that would be the best luck. I would pick The Rock and Dave Batista. Oh, those are good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Because then they can probably get you out of there. Yeah. That's that's a good idea. I'm stealing that. Yeah. You yeah. know what wrestler turned actor I would not want with me? Who? John Cena. Yes. Because he's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's who I'm taking. Get me out of there. Dave Batista and The Rock. All right. Here is a question for you. Okay. We have not done a segment like this in a while, but I feel like we're wrapping the we're moving too quickly through this. Okay. Imagine for a moment that you are remaking this movie. Oh boy. The general the brush strokes of the plot have to be exactly the same. Okay. Okay. You can make minor changes. Okay. One, what are some things that you would change? And two, who would you cast in this remake to play the four main characters? Can I change the fuzzy animals like to address them? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That would be my change. Just that one in general? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. I would just want people to know what is going on. So you <laughs> with would the fuzzy animals. J- just th- because you would keep all of the confusing. I plot. mean, if I can't, if I have to keep the major brush strokes, then yes. Okay. Uh, I would just. So the so Atlantis. I would get would rid of the dream be, sequence too. So Atlantis would still be building an army of Wanda Sack Newsons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, as far as casting goes, I think I would pick, they got to be young actors because they're like a young group of teens. I mean, not necessarily. You could change it so that's uh, four grown men on a bachelor's trip. <laughs> um, this okay. is the fourth Hangover movie now. Oh, no. That would be a movie. Hangover <laughs> 4, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Where they stumble on Atlantis. I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Oh, who would you cast in it? The same guys from the Hangover movies. Uh, so who's Ed, that? Helms, Ed Helms, Zach Galifianakis, uh, uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, and then the other guy. Oh man, that'd be so great. So they're going on a bachelor trip. But then to throw uh to throw things for a loop. You remember uh, the Deep Roy character from Alien from L.A.? Yeah. Ken Jeong. <laughs> yeah. As the same character he is yes. in all of the Hangover movies. And they're like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I don't know, something that Ken Jeong would say. Oh, I live here now. That would be amazing. Okay, so what would you keep? And what would you get rid of? Oh, all of it. You would keep all of it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Like, they would have... But here's the thing, is because it would be a comedy then... Right. A real comedy. Right. They would, uh, they would like, okay, so they'd be tell- sharing their dreams with each other. Yeah. And they'd be like, who was that extra guy in the dream? And they'd be like, <laughs> I don't know. 
They're like, what was in that pot we smoked? Yeah, or something. <laughs> or, or like, you know, they actually, they would, the whole thing would start because, you know, it's a hangover. So like they right. got too drunk and they ended up in this cave and right. they don't know how to get out. Right. Um, and then like the dream with like the romance, it would be like Zach Galifianakis and Bradley Cooper or something. <laughs> like a weird sort of like thing. I can't top that. That is too perfect. Let's make that movie. Yeah, I'm still Let's interested in hearing you would who you would cast. No, as. I can't. I literally, I can't even think of anyone else. It's too perfect. I'm mad that I came up with that idea. Because it's so good. I feel like, yeah, I just, I want somebody from the Hangover movies to yes. hear this and then like say that they should make it happen. Let's oh, let's Bec- send them our ideas. The other thing is it's really popular in Hollywood right now to make sequels to the first movie in a series instead of, you know, like what they're doing with Halloween. Right. So, I mean, we could just erase this movie from existence. They could say it's a it's a sequel to yeah. Alien from LA. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. We should write them. I don't even know how I, I've never even seen Hangover Two and Three. So no. like I could be <laughs> you know, maybe something Maybe Ken Jeong's character died. I don't know. <laughs> or like maybe something happened and now they can't be friends anymore. No. I don't know. So we'd have to figure out a way to bring them back yeah. together, I'm guessing. They always find a way. Um, another alternative, another group of friends from oh. movies, uh, The Lonely Island. Okay. So, you know, you get Yorma and uh, Kiva and Andy Samberg and you get yeah. them all together. And I don't know if they could, I don't know, they would do something. <laughs> I love it. That's a great one. But who would you cast in yours? Oh my gosh, I can't. I can't. You picked the perfect hangover sequel. I mean, I wasn't really like, that wasn't what we had set out to do, but I guess, I mean. But you did such a good job. I think. See, my first my first thought was Elizabeth Berkeley. Okay. And then I was like, well, who would she be with and why? And, you know, I think it could be some type of like Saved by the Bell reunion with um Zach Morris, AC Slater, Kelly Kapowski, and Elizabeth Berkeley. And they go to, because they have a movie called Hawaiian Style where they're in Hawaii. And so they like meet back up in Hawaii and they go back to all their old scenes that they went to during the Hawaii Style movie and they end up getting stuck in this cave. So basically, both of our plans is (laughs) to do the same thing that this movie did. Right. And tack it on as a sequel to another successful Pretty much. movie. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. But how fun would it be? Say by the Bell reunion, everyone. Speaking of Saved by the Bell, since we have the mini Saved by the Bell cast and the Boy Meets World cast sometimes on mm-hmm. here, we forgot to talk about how Kathy Ireland was in one episode of Boy Meets World. Yeah. Season one, episode 15, Model Family. Corey comes to realize that nobody's family is perfect when he and his classmates are assigned to work together as a cohesive family. Oh, yeah, that's when um, him and Topanga... I think that's when him and Topanga are married. 
and they have Sean and Minkus as their kids. And Minkus is the bad boy and Sean is the smart one uh, in their family unit. I don't remember that at all. That was a good episode. Good yeah. episode. So, thought we should talk about that. but uh, We should always talk about Boyan's World. Well, Let's just make I this mean, a Boyan's World podcast. N- no, I got lots to say. We can't. I got lots to say. I cannot. I have nothing to say. <laughs> Um, I have nothing else to add about this movie. I did not like it. No. I think... Um, Nobody should watch this film. Save yourself time and energy and do something more productive with your life. Yeah, there are way better movies out there to watch. However, I will still say that from an educational standpoint of how to not cobble together a movie, worth watching for that. You could learn a little bit about editing and the storytelling process at the same time. And um, that's all I have to say about that. This movie deserves the current credit it is given. Uh, yeah, or less. And sadly, we could not defend any of it. No, not today. And, uh, you know, that's okay. Sometimes that's going to happen. So do you have anything else you want to add? Don't put side swipes in movies. Don't the wipes? Like yeah. You mean like all of Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> Some people like the wipes. I don't. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Do you like how I, I always I have an explanation point there, but I don't feel like I give it enough excitement. Thank you for listening. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> someone has too much energy today. As always, we are encouraging you, our audience, to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts because we never want you to miss an episode. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Journey and a Film. And if you want to support the show, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash a journey into film or head over to Tee Public and check out some sweet t-shirts. Hey, did anyone ever become the 500th like on our Instagram post so I can send them their free swag. I don't know. I have not posted that episode yet. That will be posted tomorrow. Ugh, I'm getting too impatient. I know. <sighs> okay. Uh, links are available in the show notes to everything I just mentioned. Also, you should check out our Instagram because we talk about more than just bad movies. Yeah, we do. Uh, we saw Dune recently. Mm-hmm. We posted about that. I mean, l- other than just saying that we saw it. I wish that I could have said more, but... Don't want to spoil it. Well, and all of Instagram cannot contain my excitement for that movie. (laughs) And as always, don't let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong. See you next time.